Welcome to another episode of Practicing His Presence. I'm delighted to be your host today. My name is Elder Gail Orsby, and I'm so grateful that you are taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. May the Lord bless you. May he give you insight and revelation concerning the word that you hear today. I want to start with prayer. It's always good to offer up praises and prayers to God. We're in a time and season where we're ministering unto the Lord. Why? Are we petitioning God for anything? No. God God gives us. He, he, his promise is to take care of his children. So he supplies your needs. But how many of us know that we have to be grateful to God? How many of us get up in the morning and say, thank you for waking me up? Thank you for taking care of my children. Thank you for providing my needs. Thank you. How many of us do that? When the enemy comes against you, when the flood rages over you, and God calms the sea, he calms it. He shifts things for you. He brings you into a new place, new territory. He provides every need. There's nothing that you lack because of the Lord. Are you grateful? Do you go to him and say, thank you, Father. Thank you, God. I appreciate you. That's all God's looking for. It's only right. If man gave you something, you would say, oh, thank you. He gave you a gift, you would thank him. And the same thing with our Father. Just thank him for his goodness, his mercy, his grace, his love. Hallelujah. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. There is no one else like you, no one higher, no one mightier, no one more than you. You are the one who establishes and finishes it all. You're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the first and the last. You're able to make all things work together for our good, for the good of your sons and daughters. Heavenly Father, you are infallible, sovereign, absolute in power and of the highest magnitude. You're the one who gives us spiritual wisdom and insight so that we might grow in your knowledge. So Father, today I pray that our hearts will be flooded with light so that we can understand the confident hope that you have given unto those who are called by your name. Your holy people who are rich and glorious in inheritance. Father, let us understand the incredible greatness of your power that you have reserved for us because we believe in you. This same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in a place of honor at your right hand. So Lord God, you have put all things under your authority and you cause your precious son to be the head of all things for the benefit of the body of Christ. Lord, you are our rock and our fortress, our deliverer, and we trust in you. You are our shield of protection and the horn of our salvation, a high tower where the righteous may run in and be saved. Lord God, we call upon you because you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be glorified. We adore you and we give you the highest praise. Your ways are perfect. Your word is tried and you are a buckler to all that trust in you. You are a helper, God. You are a strength in a time of need. So, Father, we thank you that you cause our feet to be like hind's feet 
and you set us on high places, high above our adversaries. Lord, we look to you to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. Our lips shall praise you. We will bless you while we live. We will lift up our hands to your name, O God. Our souls will be satisfied and our mouths will praise you with joyful lips. And we give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah and amen. It is so. We look to God who is the author and finisher of our faith. When we learn of his sovereign nature, we know that he is absolute, infallible, all-powerful, and turns our hearts to him. We can find everything that we need, stand in need of, that we're searching for, we're looking for, we're longing for. We can find it in the Lord. One of the Psalms says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. You know, instead of sometime leaning onto the arms of man, and man is helpful, don't get me wrong, but God is the God that gives us favor with man. My Bible says that a king's heart is in the hands of the Lord and he turns it whithersoever way he wills. So God is able to touch man. So when I'm standing in need of something, if I'm going through a particular uh, uh, distress, I seek God. Go to God. He answers prayers. He says, I will answer you from my holy habitation. God is a God that answers. He answered David. He answers all of his children. He leaves not one of us out. Hallelujah. So God knows us. He breathes life into each one of us. He desires that we come to the knowledge of who he is. And when we fellowship with him, don't you think that God is pleased? He's pleased with us. You see, I hear so much about what the enemy is doing. Oh, in the earth, oh, God is war. And look what they're doing over in this country, in that country, in China and Russia. You know, we hear that. And and the word of God tells us there will be wars and rumors of wars. We're going to see some things take place on the earth. This is where our trust and our faith in God must be there. We must lean on the Lord. We must press into God. He's the only one that can save. Some, Some Christians, because of the last day, They're saying, oh, we're under judgment. God is judging the earth. God is judging the United States. Well, he he is, but God's always judged uh, his people. He's always judged in the land. Yeah, if you read the Bible from the Old Testament to the New, God brought judgment upon the earth many times. Every time the uh, Israelites, the Jews got out of place and they turned against God, what did he do? He placed judgment upon them. And after they went through the affliction, they would turn back and say, Oh God, we love you. And he would take them back because they were his covenant people. They are his covenant people. So I believe this, that even though we are in a time of judgment, a time of shaking, where God is shaking the earth, God's mercy 
triumphs over judgment. You see, God's a merciful God too. And in the Psalms, we can read his mercy endures forever. God's not going to give up on you. Man may give up on you. Man may turn his back on you, but God will not. He makes a covenant with you and he keeps that covenant. Not only with you, but with your children's children. You know, I want to go to Genesis chapter 18. It's verses 16 through 33 if you want to read that on your own. This is where Abraham speaks to God about Sodom and Gomorrah because God was about to destroy it. And he was, Abraham was trying to negotiate with God, you know, and say, hey, hey, you're going to really just destroy everyone? You know, so let me just read that in your ear. It says, then Abraham approached him and says, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of the whole earth do right? Now, Abraham's calling God. What is he calling him? The judge of the whole earth. Hmm. And the Lord spoke back to Abraham. And this is what he says. If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for your sake. Now we know, if you continue to read, that God didn't find 50. God didn't find 10. And God destroyed Sodom. Yes, he did. But Abraham was allowed to take out Lot and his family. So when we talk about God's judgment, God is merciful. He's, and if you're righteous, if you have a covenant with God, you know, he does spare us. He watches over us. We're his children. He cares for us. So he's not going to leave you out and choose, choose to destroy you because of sin that is in the land. So yes, we're in a time of judgment or shaking, they call it, but God loves his people. And if you push into him, press into him, make it about him. You know, this is a time where the church should be going up. That's why we're ministering to the Lord. The church should be praising the Lord, thanking him for his goodness, thanking him, not because you see it, because we know that is there for us and he can release that manifestation into our lives. We can walk right into it. You know, we make resolutions and we say, we're going to do this, do this, do that. Well, what, what about making a vow into God. Say, God, this year is my year of transformation. This this year, I'm going to change. This year, I'm going to walk in prosperity. This year, I'm going to I'm going to seek you more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read the word of God more. Begin to press into him. Oh, that would be a delight. That would be a delight for God to know that you are seeking him as much as he's seeking to have a relationship with you. 
You know, I want to go back to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. That was the prayer that I prayed out of Ephesians chapter 1. About God's sovereignty. How God is God of the whole earth. He's absolute. So in Ephesians, Paul was talking to the church of Ephesus, which was a new church. This was a church of leaders. You know, um, and if you begin to study the history of Paul, you know that at one point he be- he began to speak and to teach in what they called the school of Tyrannus. And people would come from all over. They would come from different lands, different towns to hear his words. And Paul would speak and they would listen and they would take back the teachings that he taught them to their respective places, their residence, and they would gather their their brethren and sisters around them and they actually started churches that way. So whoever went back to their town, so if they went to Thessalonia, that became a church. If they went to Corinth, that became a church. Wherever they went back to, they established churches. So this is how we saw, see evangelism or the churches spreading and the early churches spreading. So Paul is exhorting the different churches because why? Because he's building them. He wants to see them built up to last, to, to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to establish, to establish Christianity in the earth. So he exhorts the church of Ephesus on God's greatness. He's letting them know how the Lord loves them, how he is the one who imparts or gives them wisdom and understanding concerning who he is. You know, he's trying to tell them you can't lean on your own flesh when it comes to the things of God because God is not a man. God's not human. God is God. He's sovereign. You know, we say that God is a spirit. We can't see him. And some people, because they can't see God, because he's spirit and he's not flesh, they can't understand. They can't comprehend him. But see, I really believe God is creator. When we take a glimpse back in the book of Genesis and we see where God created the heavens and earth, they said in six days, this is what was written. In six days, Moses wrote. And then he said on the seventh day, God set back. He, he, he set back. He says, wow, look at that. Oh, it's good. I did a good thing. See, he even gave himself a, a pat on the back. <laughs> so God created all in, in six days. He created man for his pleasure. We're created for the pleasure of God. He wants a fellowship, a relationship with us. See, it's never meant for us to be disconnected from God, from God. It was never meant for us not to know him. You know? So Paul is letting the Ephesus church know that they have been predestinated by God to be adopted into the family of Christ. Remember, coming from the Old Testament to the New, looking at the church of Jerusalem, they were Jews. This is why Paul was persecuted. He was being persecuted by the Jews. Why? Because instead of him teaching solely the Old Testament, he was teaching about Christ. So they did not like that because he was not teaching to the letter, to the Old Testament. So Paul found himself moving from place to place or going from place to place preaching Christ. 
But what we find out is Paul was given, God gave Paul to teach or to witness to or to minister to or to bring into his, his sheepfold the Gentiles, those that were not Jewish by birthright. So God adopted us into the family of Christ. Verse 5 says, Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So why did God adopt us? It was his pleasure. It was his pleasure. I really believe that when you look at some of what was going on in the um, uh, New Testament with the Jews, they had become stiff-necked. There were so many religious sects going on that believed, had their own beliefs. You know, God was trying to show you a new and better way. He was trying to show them it's not about the ritualism that was found in the Old Testament, the circumcisions, but he had another way. He wanted to make each person a priest of their own, of their own home, of, 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 unto him. Whereas in the Old Testament, you went to a priest, or the priest was given over to that particular camp. But we found, but what people found out, what the Lord realized, is that the priest could not keep the law. Every year they had to do the same sacrificial ceremony over. So, if that was the case, there had to be a, a better way. And that's where Jesus Christ came in. You know, verse 6 says, To the glory, to the praise of the glory of his grace, whereunto he has made us, you and I, acceptable in the beloved. So we don't have to be Jewish to be accepted into the kingdom of God. We just have to come through the, the, the avenue or the door that God has given for us to come through and that's through his son how do we get through verse 7 tells us it says in whom we have redemption through his blood redemption we've been purchased back by whose blood the blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace because Jesus Christ through his crucifixion, purchased us back or purchased mankind, humanity, back from the power of sin and death. You know, way down the, the line, when you look at the Old Testament, Jesus' purpose was to restore the relationship that Adam had broken. And his plan of redemption included, God's plan included the sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ you know some say that Jesus was just a man and many don't quite believe but the Bible makes it plain when explaining Jesus's immaculate conception if he were born of a man and a woman he would have been under the curse of Adam because Adam sinned against God and all men that came after Adam were born with that curse. Look at what happened with Adam's sons, Cain and Abel. 
and so on and so on down the bloodlines. They were dealing with issues that were curses stemming from Adam and Eve. But Jesus' birth was not through a man. That's why his father Joseph said, I didn't touch her. He wanted to divorce her because he didn't touch her. So how did she get pregnant? It was through the Holy Spirit. So because it was through the Holy Spirit, it bypassed man's sin nature. Or we know from the Bible that the iniquity of the fathers is passed down to the children three and four generations. So Jesus did not have his father's bloodline. He had the bloodline of the Holy Spirit, which is of God. So Jesus' earthly ministry was always to do the work of the Father, to restore the fellowship that was broken. His sacrifices, the sacrifice, it nailed to the cross every sin, everything that you and I can encounter. He came to, to remove the old sacrificial plan where you sacrifice sheep and goats and different animals and sprinkle their blood on the altar. He made a way for you and I to approach the throne of grace on our own. Now that's not to say that you never need a uh, someone to pray or intercede for you because we know that there are different levels of intercession. But God doesn't want you to go to psychics. He doesn't want you to find, find a church and, and, and say, okay, you're the only one that can get me through. He wants to teach you to come to him on your own. He wants a relationship with you. Yes. You know, we all sin and we all fall short of the glory. No one's perfect. But it's because of the blood of Jesus, the work that he did, the atoning work that he did, that we can be set free. Our lives can be changed. We can be made new. But we've got to come through that open door. The door that he provides for us. So I want to pray a, prayer, a short prayer for you and ask you to receive, if you have not already, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Many times... We, we say the prayer, but you have to know once you have prayed and you have received Jesus Christ in your heart, he's not going to leave you. He wants you to come to him. So I'm praying for you today, and I pray that God's grace, his mercy, his love will overtake you and that he'll draw you even closer to him each and every day. That there'll not be a day that you don't turn to him for his love, for his counsel, for his strength. He's your father. He's God and he loves you. So let me pray a prayer for you. Heavenly Father, and I'm going to ask you to repeat this. You being in your home, you can repeat this. And the Holy Spirit is there. God will be there. The angels in heaven will see you. Don't worry about, oh, no one's here and they're not going to hear you. Remember, take your mind off man for right now and, and focus on God. He's there with you. 
Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Your word says, whosoever shall call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. So Father, today we come to call upon you. We pray and we ask you, and I will ask you to pray this with me. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into our heart and be Lord over our life, according to Romans 10 and 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I do. Now I confess that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God, you have raised me, raised him from the dead. I am now reborn. I'm a child of almighty God. I'm saved. Hallelujah. You know, the angels are in heaven rejoicing because of you today, because you have given your life over to Jesus Christ. So I'm going to end here for today. And until we meet again, Shalom. May you have God's perfect peace. God bless you.